0: is brought to you by bonus root productions and we own this town i am jason T. Mears esquire and i'm kelly hoyle bullock and we are San Dimas today
1: how's it going kelly pretty good you know i'm hanging in there i'm, I'm glad to hear that yeah i'm, I'm relieved excited to be back uh, on the mic sitting across from you talking about two of my favorite movies of all time what movies are those uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, also Bogus Journey. Okay, excellent.
0: Okay, so here's what I have on the docket for us to discuss today, my friend. Uh, we are going to discuss Station, and then uh, you've brought a song for us to discuss, right, from the soundtrack
1: for Bogus Journey. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna dip into Bogus Journey soundtrack this time. Talk about the Perfect Crime by Faith No More.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. I love Faith No More, and I I love that band so much back in the day. Still love them now, but uh, they were just the epitome of cool then. And if we have time, we're going to talk about Mondo's reissue of the soundtrack for the original movie on vinyl. One of us owns it. The other one does
1: not. You'll find out who. Feel the jealousy build. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, so, Kelly, break down for me the origin of Station and how Station came to be in the movie Bogus Journey. And b- before we do, maybe we discuss, okay. for those for those who don't yeah, remember, yeah. Station is... A uh, pair of Martians from the second movie who help Bill and Ted out uh, by building good
1: robot Uses. Right. So so kind of the setup, Bill and Ted were murdered by evil robots sent by Denomalos. And uh, fast forward, they, they get sent to hell. Finally, uh, they decide to play the Grim Reaper. Beat him at a game. Beat him at five games? Five out of nine. Was five, that finally five. what settled it or was it four out of seven?
0: Uh, it was four out of seven. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep.
1: <laughs> four, four seven. It was, was it Twister that finally did yeah. it Or did they yes. do something after it, Twister It was
0: Twister Twister, Twister was the, the, final, the
1: so, final game So then as they were going to be uh, 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 Made alive again They realized there's no way they could beat the evil Robot Uses uh, They're just too strong So they asked Death to uh, help, help them out By getting them uh, someone that could build a Good Robot Uses And Death took them to heaven Yeah, Yeah, which was interesting in and of itself, you know, and iterations of heaven and movies are always fun, you know, that that one was
0: great. It (laughs) it absolutely jives with the vibe from uh, uh, Defending Your Life, the Albert Brooks movie, you know, they're kind of similar. Right. Defending your life has trams and things like that. No, you don't see that in the heaven in, in Bogus Journey.
1: They had to go before God, but even to get in heaven, they had to mug a couple of people and get their uh, coats and hats. To be
0: fair, they did
1: apologize to God. They'd confessed. Yeah, they absolutely confessed. So this is Catholic heaven? <laughs> <Or> is... <laughs>
0: uh, it, it's a heaven I'd want to live in, I think. Okay. You've know, you got some pretty great charades. you get, uh, you know dudes walking around in uh, boxing Garb. You've got people from all yeah, walks of life yeah. there in heaven hanging out. There
1: were some like people in swimsuits just walking through. Mm-hmm. Apparently if you look good in a swimsuit, you're going to heaven.
0: Yes. Also, also I'm pretty sure I saw a little leaguer in there in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and- well, so you're saying I've got a chance? <laughs> You've got a chance. You've got a chance. But, you know, you see that little leaguer in heaven and you're like, oh my God, what is the tragedy that led that mm. young child to go to
1: heaven? Well, they basically go before God like it's the Wizard of Oz. Yes, absolutely. Pretty much they're all standing there in front of them and, and they lay out this plan and God sends this little orb of light.
0: Turns into a disc.
1: Turns into a disc, That's right? A map. <laughs> it's a translucent disc. <laughs> yep. It's a map. <laughs> I don't know, and then they go out into like a social party. Yeah, they do. It just looks like everyone's hanging out, and before you know it, uh, they're standing next to Ben Franklin and uh, Albert uh, Einstein. Albert is Einstein's there, there. and uh, and then death, death kind of chides them, and they're like, "You didn't expect it to be, you know, someone from Earth as the greatest right scientist of all time."
0: Mm-hmm. So station is there, like playing charades with everyone, and it's the two stations. Mm-hmm. Later on, we find out that station can fuse into one giant station mm-hmm. and become even smarter and uh, more. A- intelligent.
1: After the shopping spree at the electronics store, yes, which yes. is kind of what we get instead of the shopping mall this go around,
0: right? But you do get that wonderful scene with uh, William Sadler as Death chiding the smoker. Oh he's yeah, like, see you real soon. But. Station fusing into the one is the perfect metaphor for Bill and Ted because yeah. you, you've got these two characters that are basically indistinct
1: and when they join forces, they're even greater than they are on their own. So, so would that mean that one head is better than two? That's my question to you. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, Nelson might have something to say, <laughs> say about that. Also, Dweezil Zappa. But I think you're right. I think I, I think in this instance, one head is better than two. So, uh, you were doing some research and you found out like how station actually came into the script, right? right? Well,
1: I think, and, and you, you had told me where they had gotten the, the word actually came from, was it like a script error or something? Yeah, it was a late or night edit, edit late night process. Edit?
0: They, they were trying to, um, like cut out this entire scene that was supposed to take place on a police station and they cut everything out of their final draft software <laughs>
1: and when they went back and looked at it, just the word "station" was left in the script. And so, was it that same night where basically Chris Madison, Ed Solomon, they're just getting drunk and they're just tweaking out and they're just yelling the word "station"?
0: We don't know over and over drunk. again. They, they might have just been punch drunk it was, from, from it was, the,
1: the writing process. I, I want to say what that fanboy uh, or fan club fanboy. Uh, we are fanboys, but that fan club podcast that they did they interviewed him and it was something to that effect oh, that's where they so were talking great. about that that is so great and uh, they so they had this alien scientist uh character and they didn't know what to name it and so they decided to use station That's so perfect it's just so great <laughs> and wasn't that like william sadler or somebody it's like that was their one complaint with the script they were just like what the hell is station
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's you know it's it's really kind of weird when you when you go into Um, Bogus Journey, you know, if you're a kid and you've seen Excellent Adventure, you know, a dozen times like I had by the time that Bogus Journey came out. And, you know, you see Bill and Ted University and everybody's wearing those bright day glow foam pants and (laughs) giant boots and having trouble walking around. And then all the students go in the classroom and uh, Rufus shows up. And he says, you know, he greets everyone with station, and his, uh students. I think they say station back, right? And oh, right. Yeah. Right. So that, that they're like, you're like, what is this? What's going on here? And you're just like, that's weird. Maybe it's some weird future thing <laughs> that they threw
1: in. I think that's a great origin for station. I think it's a great weird thing that that movie had running through the whole thing. Mm-hmm.
0: What I love about Boku's Journey, and you, you and I, you know, we've had discussions about which one of the films is. Our favorites And I think where we We've currently landed Is the first one Is your favorite And right now The second one's Still my favorite Yeah yeah. And that's okay Because I don't think There's a wrong answer To that question You know (laughs) Well it's really working out For this podcast It absolutely is It absolutely is Uh, What I love about The sequel Is It has The flavor of another One of my favorite sequels uh, Gremlins 2 Mm. Where The sequel Just takes the original And goes bonkers with it. It no holds barred. It doesn't try and just do the first one bigger. It just goes in a completely different direction, makes everything ten times as weird. It's incredible. It it is. It is. I just... I love it so much because of that and and the weirdness of station plays into that the heaven and hell as opposed to the time travel you've still got them using time travel later on to jump around and fix things Mm -hmm. and it does end with a big presentation just like the first one but
1: it it's significantly different it's funny because with with uh you know the end of excellent adventure you have the history report which is sort of the great big event at the end and with bogus journey it's a battle of the bands it is it is supposedly a really important battle of the bands, and there were a lot of those that seemed to be existing in movies, or maybe just like the idea that like these concerts would be such a big deal. Was I'm trying to think like what was at the end of Wayne's World? There was that just like a audition for just was that just a, a performance for a big time producer? Is yeah, that I think, what that I think was? That was the case they were, yeah. they were trying to make it do because that the bad. idea that this was event watching the San Dimas battle of the bands <laughs> was an event. Not. I'll take it know. one
0: further. This is the fourth annual San Dimas Fall. Oh, of bands. okay. So it's been around okay, for so four it's years. Four years.
1: So, it, the, the, so it's, a, it's a vibrant music scene it there. It is a very uh,
0: vibrant enough to get uh, Primus to play it. Right. And right. I love Wild Stallions, but I don't know if at that point in the career they're a, they're a better band than yeah.
1: Primus with Tom Waits. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we've talked about the difference in the American, you know musical landscape between the first movie and the second movie that it's just it's vast it's uh
0: it is vast And the second one came out right on the precipice uh, of grunge taking over the world mm -hmm. if this movie comes out two years later the soundtrack looks and 80 different not completely and
1: and it's a weird mix of kind of both Mm -hmm. both of those worlds colliding that sort of sort of the end of i mean i I don't want to just say metal but it was like the end of
0: it was kind of the end of popular hair metal, for Popular sure. metal? Pop yeah. metal? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely the case. You, you've got people on there like uh, Megadeth, but you've also got people like there on Faith and More. Now, Faith, Faith and More had been around for several years before, and they continued on to great success after yeah. this. Um, eh, I, I don't know if uh, a lot of those songs stay on the soundtrack if it's a post-Nevermind world
1: it's true. So, um speaking of Faith No More, uh and talking about station, you know, you have at the uh, end of the opening scene, I guess a bogus journey. Um when Rufus is addressing the class, he introduces Jim Martin of Faith No More. What I love is he introduces him as Sir James Martin as the head of the Faith No More spiritual and theological center. Just which so is great. just Awesome. Yeah, I mean. The fact that, like, George Carlin is saying this yes. about Jim Martin, I don't know if George Carlin even knows who Faith No More is when he's filming that at the time, but I would like to think he did.
0: Yeah, so would I. It just just
1: <laughs> so, so great. Faith No More, I mean, that, that holds a dear spot for the two of us, like mm-hmm. in our for youth. For sure, for sure. And you've even got kind of a personal connection, okay. sort of, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: sort, sort of, like like thir- three degrees away. So right, right. Growing up, I worked in this tub factory and uh, the main employee there, uh, he was in a local Nashville band called the Mammy Nams. And they had opened up for Faith No More when they came through Nashville. And I don't know if they played more than one show with them, but they had opened up for Faith No More. And that's how I got introduced to Faith No More. Probably at a period in my life where I'm listening to the monkeys and, uh, you know, yeah, like 60s greatest <laughs> hits. And I hear Faith No More from the, this guy that I idolized as a kid. I'm just blown away. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well the I mean that epic video. Amazing. I mean it was just there was just it was just on such a heavy rotation at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. When there was no internet, basically for all those hours I would spend on the internet now, I was watching MTV at the time. Oh, for sure. Um for sure, which had its, you know, at, at the heaviest rotation had the same 20 videos going, but Epic was Epic was right there for, I don't know how long.
0: It was that, that fish flopping around to the piano at the end. uh uh-huh. That still haunts me. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, so before we get too much further into the Faith No More stuff and talking about a, a perfect crime, I, I want to raise some questions about Station, or at least one. Oh, okay. Because, okay. So they're in heaven, and Station is the only Martian that we see in heaven. You're
1: right. So Heaven's pretty whitewashed, I'm going to say. It's really whitewashed. It's, it's I mean... It, it wasn't one hundred percent white people, mm-hmm. but it was ninety-five percent white people and it was all white. Yeah. Like with a, some outside purple, of the people, but it was like just some, it was just the whole thing was white. Some purple hues to the clothing. maybe maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a little col- color in the clothing.
0: That that probably just had to be there so but that it
1: didn't all white. It, it reminded me of My Fair Lady, uh, the ascot scene. Oh, That's yes. basically what it felt like.
0: Ascot. Dude, I, I rewatched <laughs> Bill <and> Ted's Bogus <laughs> Journey recently, and Ted's dad is wearing an ascot. At the princess's birthday party. It's like he's wearing a necktie in the style of an ascot. Oh, that's great. At the 521st uh, birthday party for the princesses. And I was like, whoa, Ted's dead.
1: A lot changed for him that <laughs> was never addressed. <laughs> that's true. Was, that, was that like Missy's positive influence? I hope so. Yeah? I hope so. It, Missy's just spreading love all around the Bill and Ted's universe. She is. It, so, okay, Missy has left... Has left Bill's dad for Ted's dad, and um and and strongly insinuated that she had an affair with Professor Ryan from the first movie.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh She also flirts with Colonel Oates in the second movie, right? And it, ends up marrying Denomalos. Yeah, Denomalos. I mean, it, go Chuck, you know, good for him.
1: But right, but I, I I wonder if Missy really would have done that. I don't know. Okay,
0: so you're you're watching the the, the first movie, and it seems like Bill. Bill's house is a little bit nicer than uh, Ted's house. It seems like Bill's Bill's family's probably doing a little bit better. Financially.
1: Bill's a little more spoiled.
0: Yeah, a little bit more spoiled. I mean,
1: his his like stepmother's picking him up with like snacks in the back. Right. They got a nice
0: car. It's a convertible. He, he's got his own you know bedroom. It's a two story house. Seems to be doing pretty well. The the uh, S Preston Esquire family's doing all right for themselves. Ted's house is like a one story ranch. It looks a little bit darker. I'm not saying it's run down or that Ted's dad isn't doing great, but you kind of get the feel that maybe Bill's family is doing a little bit better. Second though, movie. The
1: Deacon seems really, Deacon looked like he had a pretty nice watch for a, however old he was. You're right, and he did. He did and his have, name's Deacon.
0: Deacon Logan is a terrible name. Deacon Logan is just an awful name. I don't name your kids Deacon Logan. It just it, it just doesn't sound good. It doesn't roll off the. That guy's not getting hired anywhere um, Based on a resume That's all I'm saying I see Deacon Logan
1: Hopefully it just exists to make uh, Theodore Logan that much better
0: Yeah I mean Theodore Logan is a great name I think
1: everybody can agree that Theodore Logan Is a wonderful (laughs) name
0: So second movie Back to the houses Second movie Missy is having her seance uh, scene right And she's like in a really nice bright white house And you know maybe that's not taking place at a uh Ted's place, you know, maybe that's at one of Missy's friends. That scene by the way also features cameos from uh Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson as Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're the waiters. No, no, that's the first movie. Oh, wait, the first movie. I'm first sorry. Movie, they're the waiters and, uh, Who are they in the mean, second movie? They huh. are the uh two dudes in the séance scene. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's so, right. So they yep. are they are there at the yep. séance scene. Caught so that at, at first you're like maybe ah, they're not great. maybe they're not at Ted's house because Ted's house is a little bit uh um not as nice as this house that they're, they're uh, this is taking place at. But Bill and Ted know to go there for the seance to find them. And then later on, the evil robot us crash crashed through that same living room when they're terrorizing uh, Missy and kidnap the princesses. Right. So it just it's maybe Missy is the one with the money is what I'm saying.
1: That's interesting.
0: You know, I, I think she's the one that's well off and she's just following her heart with moving around. From she's
1: just uh, she's she's in the acquisitions of husbands. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I mean, she's young. She's trying to figure things out. Um, you know, it, not as fully fleshed out as I would have liked, but it was nice for her to have that seance scene. You know, it
0: was, you know, because Bill's dad only gets a reaction shot in the second movie you know you see him mm-hmm. looking terrible eating the twinkie i mean the
1: princesses get names in the second movie did not even have names in the first <laughs> did they one. not
0: have names i in don't the second
1: believe movie? they had the names joanna and elizabeth elizabeth, elizabeth yeah I,
0: wow yeah so
1: and that, different actresses yeah, i think and right? different actresses yeah that, I think that both got of them were different. yeah uh
0: i yeah <clears throat> just mind bothering that's 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 a Issue I have with the first film yeah, is that yeah, yeah. There, there's almost no agency for the the princesses mm-hmm. whatsoever. Uh, regardless, uh, we were talking about station.
1: We were, we were so,
0: stations. Be, station being the only Martians in, in heaven, so they're also the the smartest scientists in the universe, right? Or at least the solar mm-hmm. system. So, did they get into heaven because they're so smart? Like, did they? Did they? Did they find Christ on Mars and then like get converted or did they build some sort of machine that would allow them to travel to humanity's version of the afterlife I don't and know. play charades?
1: Was Oppenheimer in heaven?
0: Mm, I don't <laughs> But Einstein was. Einstein was. Einstein absolutely was. Also, were there any musicians in the
1: heaven scene? Uh, who who played St. Peter? Oh, um so that was Taj Mahal, the blues guitarist. Mm. He was the gatekeeper. Um, that I did not realize until just, uh, last night. Okay. To be fair, when you first watched this movie, did you have any idea who Taj Mahal was? Um, no, it was probably a few years before I even knew who Taj Mahal was. Mm -hmm.
0: So it's pretty clear that like the Bill and Ted movies, the heaven and hell are based in the Judeo Christian ethos, right? Right. Right. You've got your, your classic. You know, Everything's white. It's heaven. It's heaven. You've got St. Peter there. There's, they there's go, a devil in hell. There, there's
1: absolutely a devil in hell. So I, I, I think that's pretty safe. But, Though the personal hells as a kid watching that, those personal hells were absolutely terrifying. Yeah, for, the idea of your own personal hell, mm-hmm. I probably first thought about that upon seeing Bogus Journey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure that I had considered it before that. Oh, man. So hardcore. So <laughs> hardcore.
0: You know, something really interesting is they ended up changing the end of Bogus Journey. Those personal fears were going to manifest in real life and chase down Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't find out about this until I I read the uh, original comic book adaptation, which we'll talk about later. But you get to read in the comic book adaptation the actual original ending of Bill and Ted.
1: Okay, so Station's voice. You can't talk Station without... Without talking the the gentleman who voiced him, which was uh, Frank Welker. Yeah. So Frank Welker is this prolific, prolific voice. He had He's done Megatron, as well as other Transformers. He's Fred on Scooby-Doo, Nibbler on Futurama.
0: Also, and my five-year-old daughter's going to love this,
1: the voice of Totoro.
0: Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Oh. At least in the American dub.
1: Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> So if you don't know, Jason's dog, his name is Totoro. Um, Jason has a Newfie. Jason has the biggest dog I've ever seen in my life.
0: It's a big gray Newfie named Totoro, and he's adorable. He's adorable. Yeah, We've watched watched Totoro in my house many, many times. Probably not Bill and Ted level, but many, many times. So uh, Frank Welker, amazing talent. Just another excellent addition to this cast.
1: Any other thoughts on Mm -hmm. Station right now? You know, it's it's, it's uh, hands down one of my favorite parts of Bogus Journey. Just, uh, I think it helps keep that movie weird. Yeah, yeah. The, the bongo players at the end. Yeah, they joined any, the band. Any of those sweet news clips that run during the credits, did that address Station at all? Do you know?
0: I think it addressed um, the uh, Wild Stallings playing on Mars. Okay. So I don't know if there were any other okay. specific... It'll be a joy to go back and look at yeah. that and see, to answer that. Ah, uh,
1: you know, I wonder if, like, they do this this rumored third movie. Could they bring Station into it? I, they've they've I, got I, to. They've got to, right?
0: They have got to.
1: I, I know William Sadler's in. So oh yeah, if you, you is, can't have William Sadler without Station.
0: Yeah. Station, you watch it now, it, he doesn't look great. But he looks so much better than if they would have tried to do CGI at that point. Right, right. Because that's a couple years before T2, where they really got that... Uh, where they got that down.
1: I uh, I definitely don't... Uh, I don't love CGI mm-hmm. or overuse of it and just something to be said for the puppetry and having... You know what I mean? Station looked like he was straight out of. Uh, oh, Dark Crystal? Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah. I mean, Station looked straight out of Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. Maybe in that little forest in the Princess Bride. Oh, Station. yeah, Maybe Swamp Rats. He totally Maybe me he looks Station like one of the would swamp have hung rats. out there. I don't know. Um. Station and Yoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Oh, puppets are the way to you go. Know. But I'm, I'm kind of glad Station was Frank Welker and not Frank Oz. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there.
0: Frank Oz seems to be taking dumps on people these days who, <laughs> who are doing things different with the. Uh, You know, Frank Oz does some great work. Is Frank Oz an asshole now? I don't know if he's an. I think, I think he is uh, not afraid to voice his opinion. Hmm. And I've not okay. I've not disagreed with everything he said, um, but I'm just surprised every time I see something uh, that has Frank Oz, you know, references like very contentious. You would think the voice of Fozzie the Bear would be a little bit more laid back. Frank Welker also did the Easter Bunny and uh, Satan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, you want to Mm -hmm. talk about The Perfect Crime?
1: Sure, let's do it. Excellent! (laughs) All right, so we're back, and we're going to talk to you today about, uh, well, we discussed it before when we were talking about Station. We Mm -hmm. talked about Faith No More. Yeah. Um, Jim Martin, the lead guitarist at the time, um, had the famous cameo at the beginning, uttered those words Station uh, Uh back when we didn't know what that was. Yeah, that
0: was the second time it came out, (laughs) and (laughs) Whoa, you know, Martin Screaming Station. This this must be a real thing. I didn't mishear it 30 <laughs> seconds ago.
1: So, um, you know, it seems to me, and I would just guess, with, with Bogus Journey, they had a bigger budget to work with, and that got them uh, some higher-profile names on the soundtrack. And I think at the time, you you can argue that Fez No More was frickin' hot. They, uh, you know, Epic, I mm-hmm. think, was big upon yes. the release. Mm-hmm. And... Um, They got a song on the soundtrack called The Perfect Crime. We'll play a little bit of that for you. So this song, which I love, that bass line is monstrous. And what's great is because that song was written by the bassist Billy Gold. Was it? And he's really the heart and soul of the band, Hmm. I mean, which I think that's great. Like any band where you can find the bass player is sort of the central person of that band. A lot of people people like to think it's Mike Patton, but Mike Patton wasn't even the original lead singer. He replaced Hmm. Chuck Mosley. You know, obviously they were better with Mike Patton. Uh, Mike Patton um, is one of the greatest vocalists <laughs> of his generation. Right. Um, this This song was was I don't know that it was originally written for the soundtrack. I would like to maybe guess that it was probably an outtake from uh, the real thing. Or
0: I would say that if it wasn't. Written for the soundtrack, then I think it was at least re-recorded or recorded for the soundtrack. Yeah, because you got that breakdown in the middle of the song. Or right, Patton right. And it was
1: originally released and done for the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, yeah, couldn't find a whole lot about like just the specific why they wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did come out on the soundtrack, and then it came out on non-US pressings of Angel Dust. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. And then it ended up on another compilation, and it's actually the last song on their greatest hits too. Oh, so sweet. Yeah.
0: Now, I wonder if that version has Station in the middle of it.
1: Ooh, good question. Maybe it doesn't. Mm. I bet they probably took that out. The, tra- the real tragedy is that I don't know, and I'm, we're talking about the song now. <laughs> no, no, now. no,
0: this is a great question. Uh, <laughs> if anybody out there knows, please let us know and save us the time of you know Googling it ourselves.
1: You look at the song, you look at these lyrics, uh, they're dark. And it's kind of like, it, to me, feels like it moves in that... I guess whereas two heads are better than one, those lyrics are just kind of I don't know if they're as dark as they are just uh what's the word jarring
0: they're, like, they're jarring, jarring. They're, they're jarring for their placement.
1: With this one it's just dark and it's like to me it's kind of you know the the musical landscape at the time we're now coming in with just darker stuff and i i for one ate it up i loved mm-hmm. it at the time with faith no more even though i don't know that i would lump them in with the grunge movement so, so much no they th- but they had that sort of uh lyrical kind of uh, similar in their lyrical take well they predated it so they, they were they predated it, yeah. they
0: were heavy metal without being characters of heavy metal like you know their name was not megadeth you know, they they weren't like
1: they and well, they were happening in San Francisco mm-hmm. as opposed to L.A., which is you know they were coming up right when Metallica was coming up. A lot of those, a lot of I, I hate using the word darker. Like I mean, dark like uh, ooh, dark and gritty, but but uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was grittier. It was yeah. the stuff in San Francisco was grittier than mm-hmm. than uh, than L.A. metal wise, and uh, and then you had everything coming out of Seattle right about the same time, where it was just this. Uh, Decidedly different take on life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, it, it's it's a
0: difference between like, hey, we're Motley Crue, we're partying, Megadeth, let's sing about
1: Satan. It was hey, everybody's <laughs> on heroin and things. It's about people killing people. <laughs> it is, and it, and of course, it comes in the movie when they're in the back of the van, be after being kidnapped by the. Well, at this point. They're, they're asked to go along on a journey with the evil robot-asses. Right.
0: The audience knows that they are the evil robot-asses. Yeah, yeah. But they do not know...
1: Bill and Ted do not know that the other Bill and Ted are the evil robot us Right, right. And they start realizing this and while they're, they're in the back of the van. And the evil robots are being total assholes. Yeah, yes. They're I they mean, complete are. dicks. Right. <laughs> that other user, complete dick. <laughs> and what's great is, like, earlier in the movie, they're watching Star Trek. Oh, yeah. And, um... I, you know, I didn't think to look up the name of that rock uh, that uh, Captain Kirk takes them up on like it's on a different planet in the show. Right, right. Um uh, But that's exactly where the evil robots take them up to murder them. What a great little gag,
0: Yeah. you know, for the movie. It works on a couple different levels. Because it, I just love that. It, it just pleases me to know and to see that. The other day my daughter was watching uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and they used the exact same rock. Someday I'll show you the, uh, you know
1: what that means to you know some of the dark lyrics in here the bitterness is hard to hide it smells like homicide just nod and say it's okay i can hear your voice echo okay i lied it's really the voice of the guy who kicked your head in look in the mirror
0: this was the dark song that we. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> it, it is it is dark and it does match though the the tonal shift between the first right. movie and the second movie
1: right you know the, the first movie is there's there's timeless. no there's no murder
0: there is no—I mer- mean, there- you do have a war scene.
1: You have a war scene, okay. Yeah,
0: you have a war scene.
1: But you really don't have any on-screen death, even no. when you think you do. Mm-hmm. Even when you think Ted is getting killed, potentially, even right. though— By that evil metal— Even theory. even as the audience at the time, as a kid, I didn't possibly think he was going to die, but— Right. Yeah, it's just— it- Murder's not really, they escape from the castle, Mm -hmm. people trying to kill them, but it never happens.
0: The the first movie is much more lighthearted. Yeah. Uh, The second one gets darker and, you know, there's more adversity in the second film. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first film doesn't have a villain. There's no villain in the first movie. Yeah. There is a villain in the second movie. Chuck Denomla.
1: Who creates the robots who are villains, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got sort of a shredder, uh, rock steady bebop thing going on.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't see I don't know. That coming. I just thought of that I one. didn't see that coming, but yeah, it's totally true.
1: <laughs> we always will thank Scott Bricklin for and Scooby Toon's music for letting us use Walk Away. Such a great song. And then, of course, we own this town. Everyone out there, please be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes.
0: Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sandemus Today. Don't look at me. Okay, I can only do
1: this if you don't look at me. So, this is the problem we had in high school. It is. <laughs> All right. I'm just Go kidding. for it, my brother. I'm just, Go just kidding. It. Go for it.